Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free and catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Lauren Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conlin. Okay, so I want to talk about the show From really quick for a second. A few weeks ago, I had Harold Perrineau on, and he is probably best known for his characters on Oz and Lost, and he talked to me about his show on Epics that premiered in February called From. Now, at the time, and at the time of this other interview um, that I did with my guest today, Ian Bailey, I had not had a chance to watch the show yet. So after talking to Harold and Ian, I decided to binge watch, uh, I think it was like five episodes that have happened so far, and I'm, I'm totally hooked. So I would say the most difficult thing about this show is if you don't have cable, which I gave my cable up just to use Hulu, you have to find epics, which is kind of annoying, um, on streaming, the streaming platforms. So I ended up finding it on Amazon Prime, but I think you can also find it on Hulu. I just didn't try that yet. So, so yeah. So from, I would say don't watch this show if you are easily scared or easily grossed out. It's definitely scary and it's definitely gross. It gives me Walking Dead vibes. So there's monsters in it, flesh-eating monsters, but not quite zombies. But it's it's really good. And I would say it hooks you from the first episode. So you'll hear Ian talk about it more. And if you listen to Harold talk about it, he you know had a lot of great things to say. But in my terms, my my words right now, uh, it's it's a show about a town. It's a deserted town, and it makes me kind of sick to think about it. I always think about myself in these situations. But once you enter this town, there's literally no way out. Like, you can drive in circles around and around and around, and you're still not getting out. And on top of that, at night, you have to go in by dark because that's when the flesh-eating monsters come out and kill you if they find you out at night. And now there's other stuff that happens, but Harold is basically the sheriff of this town that takes care of everyone. And Ian Bailey plays Jim, whose family accidentally drives into the town in their camper and is like, holy shit, now we can't get out. Uh, so it's it's definitely interesting. I feel like they just did a really bad job explaining <laughs> Sorry, I'm making myself laugh because I'm like, usually I'm better at this, um, but I guess not today. So all I'm going to say is you should probably watch it. So I, I was watching that and I'm still watching Ozark and I'm ashamed to say that I am also watching Love is Blind because I'm addicted, but I just have the reunion left for that. But anyway, on to my guest for today, Ian Bailey. I love 
Ian. Oh my goodness. I was so excited to talk to him only because he's one of those actors that's just been in everything and he's been around forever. I mean, I told him like right off the bat, he played uh, What's Her Face's boyfriend in Center Stage, the, the dance movie. I mean, I feel like if you're a millennial, you'll definitely know what I'm talking about. But he kind of like everyone thought he was Paul Rudd back in the day. He kind of resembles him a little bit. But um, no, he was in Fight Club. He he talks to me about Edward Norton. And it's just we have such a great conversation. It, it was it was definitely one of my better interviews because I felt like we really clicked. And also like this, the and I'm sorry, I'm trying to figure out what to do on this. A lot of my interviews are obviously they're you know, they're on the phone or they're they're digital. But like his his sound is a little staticky or he sounds a little far away. He totally sounds good. Like you can totally understand him, but it's not amazing. So sometimes when that happens, there's like weird pauses and and we don't necessarily make sense together. But in this case, I felt like it was just it. It was all good. All good. No matter what. I really, really enjoyed Ian Bailey. So I want you guys to hear the interview. And again, just forgive me if it sounds like not amazing uh, quality wise, sound quality wise. I need to figure this out. These people need to stop doing interviews in like tunnels um, or in the car. Not that he did, but uh, I've definitely been with some people who've done their interview in the car. And I'm like, really, bro? Really? Uh, anyway. All right. So, yes. Yeah, so without further ado, here's Ian Bailey. Hi, Lauren. How's that? Hi. OK, that's a little better. That's a little better. How are you doing, Ian? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm very happy to talk to you. Um, you, I have to tell you, you are part of one of my favorite childhood movies, Center Stage. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, that's, a, that, that's one where people come up to me sometimes and just say, I've seen it 30 times. Yeah. No, Ian, like literally tried like 300 times, pal. Like, I can't even tell you. <laughs> literally, like crack the Zimas. We'd all, me and my girlfriends in high school would all get together. We're like, let's just get like Zimas and cry over center stage. That was like our perfect Friday night. So thank you for that. <laughs> you are most welcome. Yes, yes, seriously. Thank you for our like childhood spank bank memory. I'm just kidding. That's totally a joke. Um, But I actually had the opportunity to speak to Harold Perrineau a few weeks ago about From, and he was incredible. I loved everything he had to say about this show, and I have it DVR'd, so I'm ready to watch it. Now, tell me a little bit about your character. He's a very, because... articulate, he's a very articulate fellow, so I hope I can... Uh, he is, him. right? He's the shit. I loved him. Yeah. He's good. So, yes. So, tell me about Jim, your character. Jim is uh, the, the, the patriarch in a family uh, who are on a, an RV trip. And it may be the last their family goes on together because the family uh, bond is frayed over the, a tragic loss that you learn about throughout the course of the season. But it's my wife and I and our two, two young children. And you okay. see what it is to be stuck in this town through our experience. And the town is a place that might be here in America or it might be in an alternate dimension. Nobody mm. is really sure. But once you enter, find your way out. And it's, that's all fine and well during the day, but at night you better lock your doors and nail shut your windows because there are creatures that hunt. Ah, okay. It's it messy. Okay. So, so it, is, it's, it's pretty uh, scary, it's, right? I play an engineer. 
Oh, say that again? It's pretty scary. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not a slasher horror, so it's psych- it's more psychological. But yeah, there are those moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, like in a, a David Cronenberg film, okay. when the violence happens, it's it's intense and severe. But there's okay. it's not happening all throughout the story. But when it happens, it's it's a lot. Ooh, ooh, you're uh, kind of hooking me. So, <laughs> yes, well, tell me about Jim. Idea, I'll stop right? interrupting you. Tell me about Jim. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jim's uh, an engineer. So he's logical, methodical, and trying to keep it together so his children don't see the cracks. Uh, and is adamant about getting out of this place and will do anything in order to achieve that and uh, protect his family. And the interesting thing, that's, and this is the beauty of the writing, is the characters find a way, and, and, and specific, specifically in our family's instance, mm-hmm. we find a way to begin to heal our wounds through okay. overcoming extreme adversity. So what could have been something that just shatters our already wounded family mm-hmm. is actually very possibly the thing that will that will heal us and make us stronger than we ever were if okay. we can unite if and, uh, okay uh, put our heads together and figure a, a way out of this nightmare that reminded me a little bit of the quiet place the emily blunt john krasinski movie you know what i'm talking about i don't know i just got quiet place oh, vibes. yeah yeah a little well no i know i saw the first one um you're talking the quiet place. Yeah, yeah the second one sucked. You can it? skip it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just got vibes, sort of when you were describing that. Um, but I mean, like I said, I I do plan on watching this, so I will see for myself. So I'm I'm all for it. This is like this show is right up my alley. I love this stuff. Um, the way you just described that, and honestly, the way Harold described it, it really does make me want to watch it. And I'm not even just saying that because you know. I do, I talk to a lot of actors. There's so many different shows on, right? There's so many different ones. And I am floored by the talent. I'm floored by the writing. So at this point, I think that after the pandemic, most people are like very judgy with what they they choose to watch on television. I mean, our standards have gone way up, right? Yeah, it's interesting. And I, and, and, and I, even though you put it in that way that people are judgy and standards have gone, that's all actually really a good thing because it elevates the whole, the whole game. Everybody's got to compete at a higher level than in years past. Yeah. I, mean, I remember when I started working in, in TV and film, there was a clear delineation between film was the A game and TV was the B game. And now that's mm. not the case anymore. Now they're on even uh, uh, quality playing fields and they're just different mediums of film is you've got to tell your story in two hours and get out that's it yeah television you you gotta you gotta play the long game and tell really detailed stories that take a long you know a lot of time yeah uh so they're they're just they're just different ways of approaching narrative mm. and that's so but funny no, but no longer are they differences in quality Right. And is that how you felt as an actor? Like back in the day, you were like, oh crap, I booked this TV show, but I didn't get the film. So I'm kind of failing. Like you, did you hold yourself to a, a crazy standard with that stuff? Yeah. Um, to, a, to a degree that it, it was, you, you just have to, 
as an actor coming up, you've got to take some jobs. Some jobs are, you know, like, well, okay, this is a stepping stone to get mm-hmm. to the next thing. Because sometimes you, you can't get the movie until you get some traction somewhere else first. Yeah. And then even after I did some films, then an interesting television thing might come up that at the time uh, pays well, uh, provides an opportunity for a lifestyle experience, an adventure somewhere because mm-hmm. of where it shoots or a character that I would be really interested to play because I've never played anything like that. So sometimes it's about the building uh, building the, the diversity of the types of human beings you play, and that's yeah. important as well. So you don't just have, just as as an artist to grow because that's that's actually why I act in the first place. I always liked what uh, Edward Norton uh, said. I, I, this is a quote from him. He, he's an actor as a, as an actor. He sees himself as an experiential dilettante. Ooh. And I thought, yeah, that's kind of appropriate. Like, you, we go out and hunt down and search out experiences to know what it is to be those things, to be those people. To What is it to be a firefighter? What is it mm-hmm. to be a U.S. senator or an ER doctor? And those are just trades. What is it to be someone who has had their their the rug pulled out from under them and lost a, a child or mm-hmm. um, had a loved one murdered or done the killing themselves? and having to deal with the psychological fallout of who you have become. Are you a monster? Are you are, are just a wounded human being? And how do you heal yourself? All these things are fascinating to mm. look at psychologically. Yeah, I I can see that. But I can also see the danger in it. And it, it kind of just brings me to <clears throat> Heath Ledger when you take these roles and you really internalize them and you really... Um, and I, I don't know, I, I'm not an actor and I, I don't really know how it it feels, but I would think that it has to be so important that you compartmentalize all of these aspects. Like, I mean, I'm sure, I don't know if you're married or, you know, whatever, but it's like, I don't think your wife would want you coming home as like a murderer (laughs) if you're playing one, right? I'm sure she'd be like, you know what, if you're really going to get into this, honey, why don't you go stay somewhere? Right? Like, I don't know. That's just me, but you got to draw the line somewhere, Ian, right? (laughs) Yeah, I am married and I have played a murderer. Um, so I wonder how she did take that. I think she was okay with it. Uh, she's like, you know, and she's a she's an artist herself, so she understands. Okay. But the interesting thing is, is I, what I've come to realize is this is speaking to the Heath Ledger of it all. Yeah, is you, I you, I do take it on, and it doesn't leave. And I realize, okay, the way I can accept it is it just adds another layer to my experience and to to who I am as a human being. Every single thing I have done, they do stay with me, and they're just a part of now of my experience. Well, that you, will probably never leave. I mean, that's. I feel like you are a you are a secure enough, strong enough person. Not to say that Heath Ledger wasn't, or whoever else is not, or was not. It's just I think you know you your brain is wired differently, and you were you were very equipped for this. So. You can handle that. I think that's pretty freaking amazing. And I, I give you all the power in the world because I personally don't think I could, you know, and I've talked to actors. I just talked to somebody about Frankie Faison telling me he couldn't play a certain role, you know, about a, a grandfather or a father, you know, a black grandfather who lost his black son to a, a cop. He's just like, I can't do it anymore. I'm so tired. So, you know, I, I give you a lot of props for that. I think that's so hard. And I don't think um, you guys get enough credit for that, I think that Hollywood, especially right now with politics, Hollywood gets a super fucking bad name. I mean, really bad. So it's like, 
people like you, actors like you, who you really, you stay in your lane and you work hard. It's like, I think, I think you're just incredible. Oh, thank you. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, w- you never know where it's all going to go and how, how one can handle anything. I had a, a moment in time with Heath Ledger after an audition. We had both just auditioned for the same thing mm-hmm. early days of our career. And we, and we hung out afterwards and he had a pack of cigarettes and he gave me one at the time. I don't smoke now, but at the time we shared a cigarette and we just chatted. Yeah. about what we hope for in our future and just had a moment, this actor, me from Los, I'm from Los Angeles and he from Australia. Mm-hmm. And neither one of us knew what, what would come in our life. And yeah. I still don't. And he didn't. I, and if only he, how does anyone ever know what is written in the stars for them? Ugh, I and, know. And, and the ways in which we can have a momentary slip up that can be the, uh, the end game for us. So, we never know. So, uh, and I have a, a lot of respect for, for, for what he did do and accomplish and the work yeah. he did do. And we just never know. But we of do course. all things and they stay with us. Um, what role was that? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, no, it was a TV show. No, I don't actually. You don't? That's so funny though. I, but I love that because you've been doing this for so long. And what's so funny is that you look the same. I'm like, I mean, what are you just like eating your Wheaties, bro? Like what's going on? And your face doesn't change. <laughs> you like take these selfies and I'm like, yo, bitch looks the same. <laughs> he looks exactly the same as center stage. Seriously, oh my gosh. I, and I'm you're so not even a millennial. That. You you just missed the cutoff, so you're actually Gen X, which I can't believe because it's like I always thought you you resembled Paul Rudd slightly. I thought you guys kind of looked alike. Now I don't think so. I think you're way hotter than him. Um, because but also, but you don't age like him. It's so funny. I don't know what uh, the, I don't I don't know if it's California lifestyle. Like I've had stretches. I, who knows? Like I love. <laughs> juices i actually do that but i'm also i also drink which is not necessarily the best thing for aging whatever uh, i don't know is it the hallucinogenic substances that i've done in the amazon Did they give you a little bit of like <laughs> ever, everlasting life potion uh, the travel i do i don't know yes it's but all I'm, of that it's that the kids it's the lack of you know? sleep <laughs> maybe that yes yes <laughs> maybe that no, it's it's so you to know that it's I think it's working out okay for me. No, it a hundred percent is working out. It's it's working out more than okay for you. Don't even be humble like that. Um, I also just wanted to ask you, obviously, because you know, Fight Club is kind of a classic movie. Everybody's seen it. And you obviously got to work with Ed Norton and Brad Pitt, and they're, you know, it's funny because I think of them as like A-list, right? They they are like, when I was growing up, they were it. I mean, they were the hottest actors ever. If you bring them up now, it's like really sad. My old coworkers were like 25 and they're like, who the hell is Edward Norton? And I'm like, what? What? Like, it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy what's happening. But was it so incredible to work with them? It was. And, you know, on a long enough, like the, the way to keep things uh, that I have to keep things in perspective, I cannot get all too excited about myself or anybody else for that matter, as far as like uh, who is remembered and who isn't, because on a long enough timeline, mm. we're all forgotten. 
So we might as well just enjoy the time we have and spread a little love and, and, and be a part of a community and do something that you think is worthwhile in life. And that yeah. seems like a really good thing to, to do for me. But Edward Norton is, is a real artist. And, uh, and one day towards the end of the shoot, he brought me two framed uh, photos of one of me and David Fincher and Brad Pitt. Uh, in a oh. moment before a scene, a, a candid moment, and it was framed in black and white, and he had signed it, and <gasps> it was just the, one of the nicest gifts. Wow. Wait, that's so I, classy. From a fellow actor. That yeah, really is cool. so that's classy, and I actually, I remember seeing him um, when he did the Motherless Brooklyn premiere for, I think it was for the New York Film Festival, it was the closing film, and I have to say, he was a class act, because I felt like this was his big night um, as a director, as a, a filmmaker, not just an actor. And people were trying to overshadow his night with the death of the firefighter. I don't know if you remember all of this, um, but oh, yeah, he, there was a firefighter that died on the scene and it was a really big deal. And now they're actually suing the city and suing, it's actually, it's really sloppy. Um, but people were trying to ask him about died, that. died on his movie? Yeah. Um, you can, oh, you can look it up. That. He... What happened was it was kind of crazy. It was like, I don't know, that I don't think that they they had the lights set up properly. They they unplugged some sprinkler systems or something. And and in turn, it was like a movie set. So it was kind of like a maze and his firefighter died. He couldn't see. So the reporters were like, you know, kind of hounding him about this. And they're like, oh, what, you know, what do you make of this? Blah, blah, blah. And it was like his big night. And he could have been a total dick about it, but he actually calmly answered their questions. And I was so impressed with him so impressed huh. so yeah um i love that i just gave you some tea that you didn't know about <laughs> yeah didn't know that at all yeah this is also by the way that's you, a two-part thing yeah no it is you should look it up when you dropped off uh this call i almost just dm'd you on instagram and i was like where'd you go where'd you go and i was like you brought you so many <laughs> followers i saw i was like you will never see this message we will never talk again but no um Ian, this has been so fabulous. Thank you so much for your time. I'm so excited to watch From. Well, thank you. And whenever you want to, you can DM me, and I probably will see it. I go look there every once in a while. And, and you uh, do? I, I, oh, that's you cool. Have me, yeah, yeah. If you ever okay. want to have me back on the podcast at any other time, just let me know. It was really good to talk to you. Oh, yes. I would love that so much. Thank you again. You're awesome. I'm going to literally DM you right now. This is amazing. <laughs> Thanks, Ian. And you know, when, when the call dropped off, you, you when you when the call dropped off, it gave me time to think about like what keeps people young. And I realized if there's yeah. any, maybe it's being able to hold on to a sense of humor. Maybe that's what does the trick. Ooh, wait, I love this. I love this, Ian, yeah. because literally during the State of the Union, I kind of wish there was a kiss cam <laughs> to watch like Pelosi and like, I don't know, Mitch McConnell kiss or something. It'd be so funny. No, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, you know what? Okay, let's end that on, end it right there. Thank you so much. Bye, Lauren. Bye, Ian. Okay, so that was Ian. I hope you all enjoyed him, and I hope you all have a chance to watch From. It is definitely scary. It'll keep you on the edge of your seat. And there's not that many new shows on right now. I feel like I've caught up on everything. 
Um, I Oh, I have to start uh, 1883. That's the Yellowstone prequel. I definitely have to start that. So I will be doing that soon. And, you know, I want to announce some upcoming projects that I have or um, gigs that I want you guys to look out for, but I'll probably end up doing that next week. All right, guys, uh, you know where to find me on Instagram at Lauren underscore interviews and uh, on Twitter at Conlin underscore Lauren. Thanks for listening. Until next time.